KTY Weather for Western Wisconsin and Southeastern Minnesota. We're looking at partly sunny skies today with a high right around 40 degrees or so. A south wind at 8 to 11 miles an hour. For tonight, a 50-50 chance of snow late, almost uh, well into Sunday morning here. Uh, mostly cloudy skies with a low near 32. Uh, a south wind at 8 to 10 miles an hour. Uh, new snow accumulation of less than a half an inch possible. Uh, that will continue on into the rest of Sunday. Uh, pretty much uh, a good portion of the day uh, tomorrow. Uh, possibility of some rain in the morning and then uh, maybe a little rain-snow mix in the afternoon. And uh, that'll eventually just kind of maybe taper off to a little rain but and then just kind of go away completely there. Tomorrow's high right around 39 degrees. A south wind around 5 to 8 miles an hour becoming northwesterly in the afternoon. Chance of precipitation is at 90%. New snow accumulation of less than an inch possible. On Sunday night, a slight chance of rain before uh, 7 o'clock. Cloudy skies, a low near 29. A northwest wind around 5 miles an hour becoming calm in the evening. Partly sunny on Monday. Melt off some of the snow that we get on Sunday. A high of around 40 with a calm wind. Monday night, mostly cloudy skies with a low near 31. Again, a calm wind. Tuesday, mostly sunny skies and 44. For Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a high of 44. For Thursday, 40% chance of snow. It doesn't say anything about accumulation or anything, but mostly cloudy skies and a high of 36. And then for Friday, we're back to the sunshine again with a high near 37 degrees. In La Crosse, at the corner of 2nd and State in downtown La Crosse, a little bit of sunshine here and there, a few clouds, and 34 degrees at WKTY. It's 8.08. It's time for WKTY Outdoors. to you. Welcome to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you very much for being here this morning. Hope you're having a good weekend. Should be fairly decent, at least today anyway. So, got any uh, last minute yard work you need to do? Yeah, today is probably the day to do it. Or better yet, if you're looking to get outside and maybe uh, get a line in the water or something fun like that, yeah, today is probably the better of your Two days to do that as as well. Ah, looks like we're going to get a little snow again this uh, this weekend. But eh. what are you going to do? At least it's what less than an inch is what the forecast said. So that's that's not that's manageable. Just be safe driving. I'm sure it'll be just enough to make the roads a little slippery, and it's still early in the year, and or early in the I guess snowfall season is sort of so to speak, but because folks forget how to drive. Been there, done that, and seen it happen. So just drive safe. Ah, but yeah, it doesn't, I, I that's kind of on my game plan here this afternoon is to, uh, to get outside and enjoy it a little bit and uh, go do a little late season fishing here, see if I can track down anything. And uh, no, I, and, and no, I, I, I don't anticipate to, uh, uh, walking out onto the ice or anything like that—that's not, that's not, not my idea of uh, of. No, not at this point. A little later in the season when we get a little more, yeah, no problem with that. That'll be fine. But right now, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just and and you know I know that and and I, I talked to Don out at uh, um, Roscoe's live bait this morning a little probably about twenty minutes ago now. Um, you know, there's a few guys out there, but and and I saw somebody out on the the pike there by that car dealership. You know, as you're coming across the pike between Lacrosse and Minnesota here, and like, yeah, okay, there's probably enough ice to to walk on, but of course that was a couple days ago. That was what Thursday morning. You know, so we've had some warmer days here. So I don't. It might. Yeah. 
even if you do find some calm water, it might be a little, a little challenging here. Um, I guess well, let's just hop right into it here. Yeah, I get the uh, the conditions report brought to you by uh, Roscoe's Live Bait uh, in Toma. Stop on out and see Don. He'll uh, he'll help you out and get you pointed in the right direction. A place to uh, he'll get you to the right place there. We'll talk about some spots here in a moment to maybe check out. But uh, you know, as far as as far as the conditions go, yeah, it, it's um, the ice is. You know, I guess it depends on where you go. Um, like I said, I, I spoke to Don, and um, he said, you know, there's a few folks out on the ice yet finding some place, you know, where there's you know quiet water, you know, still water, where there was an opportunity for some ice to be made. Kind of when we had that cold snap earlier in the week, he said there was in some places, you know, three and a half, four inches of ice, which, um, you know, that certainly that certainly would be safe enough to walk on, but. Um, you know, and that's, and you could find some, I guess, in, you know, uh, Lake Toma. Um, although Don said that the spots were, there are a few spots that, you know, there's still some open water on the lake there. And, um, but some of the marshes and cranberry bogs has got, have got some ice on them. Um, so, but again, you know, we're looking at what even you know, temperatures for the next several days in the forties. So, you know, yeah, that's still kind of cool, but. Um, even at night, it's not going to get, let's see here, 33, I'm just kind of looking at the lows here. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we're going to have a few nights where it's not going to get too much below freezing or just a little bit above freezing. So yeah, it's, uh, still iffy proposition, I would think, but I know there's guys that are just diehard ice fishermen and can't wait to get out there, but. Yeah, I can wait. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, I'm using an overabundance of caution because I'm already reading about people falling through the ice. Um, I know we had an incident. What was it? I guess it was a week ago, uh, last Saturday, out, uh, um, out in Monroe County, there, out near, I guess between what Toma and Oakdale, somewhere in there, Mill Bluff State Park, in that area out there, and um, fortunately, it was. Uh, it turned out all right. Everybody was okay, so that's uh, that's a good thing. But yeah, it's you know, some guys had to be rescued off an ice floe or something. I mean, it just yeah, you're going to hear stories like that early season here, and I'm sure we'll be hearing them here for the next few weeks until we really start to get some colder temperatures, you know, some below freezing temperatures on a consistent basis here. But yeah, just to just be safe. And for the folks that, uh, um, <coughs> excuse me, are actually out, um, what few there are, um, you know, and, and oh, oh, let me just uh, throw this out as well. I was talked to the folks up at Fat Cat up in, in Trumpelow this morning as well. <clears throat> even on some of the backwaters up there, there's not even like two inches of ice out there. Uh, so that's iffy at best. Few walleye guys were out. They were saying though, so uh, trying to find some last-minute walleyes there before uh, it ices up on the Mississippi. Um, a few perch being caught as well. Uh, again, those are uh, you know open water places where you can you know get a boat at. And I would imagine if you're if you can find some spots on shore, and I, I uh, there's probably a few. Um, you might be able to find some some fish that way as well without having to get the boat out or anything if you've got the boat ready to go. Uh, apparently a few people do. Uh, Don was saying that uh, the Wisconsin River there by Castle Rock and Petenwell, that stays open. And I guess I didn't realize this, and not that it surprises me because it's a pretty big, uh, pretty big dam there, um, that it, that stretch of the Wisconsin there below the Petenwell Dam there kind of stays open a good portion if not all year long i think um and he's saying yeah there's guys that take their boats out year round out there um and i would imagine just because of the all the current and everything that it does but and they're catching a few walleyes as well and actually that would be probably if you want if you're in that area you know if you're listening say out in monroe county or uh 
yeah, even Jackson County or some of the outlying areas here. Um, you want to get the boat out one last time or something, and or probably a little bit more, I would imagine. Uh, that's probably not a bad place to check out. Uh, said uh, Don was saying that you know there are a few guys out there catching some walleyes. Uh, and catching them in numbers too, not necessarily size. You're gonna have to sort through things a little bit, but um, catching some uh, some decent numbers of of walleye there as well. Uh, a little closer anyway. If you want to, uh, you know, there are a few guys trying to catch some walleyes too up uh, up by the locks and dams, um, by Trempolo anyway. I know there were uh, uh, there were a few folks out this week, but again, it's it's been pretty quiet. You got to, I think, folks are getting ready for deer hunting if they're not already out hunting. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. The other thing, too, is if uh, if you do find a spot, um, yeah, a few panfish being caught, some northerns being caught up on Lake Toma. Um, so, you know, if you get out there, you can find them. It's just a, a matter of finding them, finding a spot where you can either get some open water or, Work your way through the ice there. I'm going to try and, like I said, I, I think I can find a few spots that have some open water that I'm going to head to later today. Excuse me here. I get to <clears throat> take a break every once in a while. And it's dry in the studio here. <clears throat> I've been talking too much. <laughs> ah, Anyhow. So, yeah, those are, you know, if I had to pick a hotspot report, uh, spot uh, and again, there that's brought to you by Powerhouse Marine. Um, yeah, you, you know, check out maybe up by Trempolo, up by the Lock and Dams. There, um, I would be, and if I and if I had to hazard a guess, and I don't know for sure, but if I had to hazard a guess, I would imagine too that uh, up by Alma, there's some open water up there too, uh, below the Lock and Dam. And I'm sure if I drove up that way right now, that there would be. Uh, a boat or two out in the water if the uh, the launches are open. And I would imagine they probably are at, at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, you, so you've got a few places to, uh, a few places to, to check out. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, just check one other thing here real quick. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it, you know, just some of the landings are open. Some of them aren't, um, and again, I'm looking at some reports just further down the river, down by like Genoa, Lynxville, places like that too. That um, you know, beginning to ice up, but not safe yet. Um, and if you can get out on the water, you know, yeah, walleye fishing is uh, is fair. Um, just simply uh, jigging with some minnows there. So you know, uh, Genoa might work. Um, Dresback, Trempolo, up my Alma. Anything below the lock and dams, if you can get a boat out, I think you probably probably find a few walleyes out there, and Sauger too, for that matter. Um, those are definitely uh, places that I would be checking out if I was looking. And certainly, uh, doesn't a walleye dinner sound kind of good right now? Yeah, I would agree. Um, well, maybe not right at the moment, but you know what, for dinner or something. <clears throat> Anyhow. Um, so those would be the places that uh, that I would check out here too, uh, as far as the uh, the hot spots go. Those are uh, those are going to be my go to places. Checking the rest of the conditions report here, brought to you by uh, Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. Um, you know we're still seeing the the river start. You know slowly slowly coming down. Uh, we're sitting at uh, about seven eight right now, and the flow has come down a bit. Um, but uh, the forecast uh, as far as the river goes calls for it to dip just a little bit below seven feet by the end of next week. So that's uh, that's good news as it continues to come down. Um, the flow has certainly dropped, uh, looking at uh, the list here this morning anyway. Um, you know, Trempolo is at about 58, 60 at La Crescent, or at Dresbeck, I should say, uh, 70 at Genoa, 77 down at Lynxville. So yeah, the flow has has come down considerably. I would say, oh gosh, I'm trying to think from at least a third or so, if not more, by uh, from last week anyway. So uh, that's helpful as well as 
continue to get rid of the water. And as far as the water temperatures go, um, they're all in the uh, about in the mid thirties here. Uh, Dresback thirty three, Trempolo, or I'm sorry, Dresback thirty four, Trempolo thirty three, uh, thirty three in Genoa, and thirty five in in Linksville. So, um, you know, we're about where we're going to be here as far as water temperatures go for the next several months. So that's uh, we're we're about bottomed out. Can't really bottom out too much more here. Um, so we've got that uh, we've got that for you as well. So that's a quick check of the conditions brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait out in Tomo. And of course, the uh, hotspot report brought to you by Powerhouse Marine here in La Crosse. I appreciate uh, both of them being sponsors of the show here this morning on WKTY Outdoors. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, again, if you get the opportunity to get out and do a little fishing, um, do a little, uh, you know, find, if, if you got to find some spots on shore there, that'll work. Uh, I'm sure there's a, like I said, a few places that are, that still have some open water that you can access anyway. And <coughs> excuse me. But other than that, uh, yeah, might need to, hopefully you haven't put the boat away. I'm sure, like I said, you know, there's always some. Last minute, I I know my friend Jeff has been kind of reluctant to to finally put the boat away for he, for the season here, and but he so we can talk him into doing a little walleye fishing later today. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. So anyhow, uh, that is the uh, hotspot report and the conditions report here on WKTY Outdoors. It's coming up on eight twenty three, and I think what we'll do is uh, let's take a quick break and come back in a moment with more of the program. On WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY Outdoors brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait, your hometown bait shop on Arthur Street in Toma. Yeah, you know, for a bunch of stuffed fish on my wall, <laughs> you're great listeners. What's that, Mr. Bass? You was uh, talking to Poppy Crappie, says that fall fishing is excellent. And to go to Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma for my fishing accessories and live bait, Roscoe's Live Bait also knows all the good spots. Well, I could just kiss you right on the mouth. Mwah! Moral of the story, listen to your stuffed fish and go to Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. It's where everybody goes for their tackle and bait. It's where everybody goes. If you'd like to talk smack, then don't miss the Jim Rome Show. For me, and I, I said this after the game, like, for me to do it, I have to, like, literally run by all my teammates uh, and, and kind of avoid them to get to get to the wall to do the lead. So uh, the situation just kind of has to be right. And, uh, you know, so last year, actually, Monday night game, had a game winner. Kind of similar situation. Literally just uh, in the moment, got swarmed, didn't even think about doing it. So after that, uh, uh, Hunter Bradley, our long snapper, and, and myself, we've been talking about it all, kind of all year, waiting uh, for that next moment. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, it was another Monday night game. I think it was just honestly the same exact week as it was last year. And uh, as soon as I hit it, I, I took off running. I see him kind of waving me on. And, uh we were able to go and, uh, and, and do the celebration. Don't miss that Jim Rome show weekdays from 2 to 5 on WKTY. WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Tony Ryerson at tryerson.cbrivervalley.com. Get the home or plot of land you've always wanted. And taking a quick look at the sports calendar before we hop back into the outdoors here, um, we've got uh, football and basketball for you today. UWL taking on UW-Stevens Point, um, up in point, uh, and that game will get underway at 12.50 this afternoon on WKTY. And should be a good game as the season winds down. Pretty good game last week for uh, UWL. Man, that was, uh, I can't remember the last time there was, that was such a blowout, UWL. Man, that was, uh, or with the, when they played Eau Claire. But good game nonetheless, and see if they can carry that momentum into the uh, game this weekend with point. Uh, And then uh, after the game, 
not long after that, at 5.30, we've got the Bucks taking on the Indiana Pacers, uh, and that will be under uh, out in uh, Indiana there. But uh, we've got that for you starting at 5.30. No Packer game tomorrow. Uh, they've got the, the weekend off, uh, but we do have some auto racing on our sister station, WIZM, uh, compliments of the Motor Racing Network. We've got the Ford EcoBoost 400, uh, and that will get underway at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Again, on our sister station, uh, WIZM 1410 AM. And then on Monday, more Bulls basketball as they take on the Chicago, or Bucks basketball, I should say, at the Chicago Bulls. Ah. Uh, it was a good game the other night. Managed to come back and or you know hang on and win that one. That was uh, Bulls were oh, playing them tough, but Bucks came through nice. So uh, that's a look at our sports calendar this morning on WKTY. It is eight twenty-seven. Let's uh, just kind of move into some uh, fishing information here. One of the things that I, I wanted to to, uh, to talk a little bit about here now that we're getting. Starting to get some ice and starting to, and, and I, I've talked about this before, but I think it's just, it's always good to kind of uh, go over this stuff. Uh, talk a little bit about, um, and again, it kind of ties in with, with ice and the light and things like that. And that's, uh, you know, how fish react to color and light and how that plays an important role in lure selection. Uh, you know, it's, it is important. It really can be. Um, and I guess the first point to make anyway is that, uh, you know, some, like all of us, some fish see differently than others fish do. You know, some fish are nearsighted and can only see about 10 to 20 feet. Um, you know, each species is different. Obviously, walleyes are different than bluegills and trout, and you get the idea there. Um, you know, in fact, in some studies, um, they're reporting that some fish can see up to 24 different shades of color. Like us, fish have rods and cones in their eyes. Uh, the rods for black and white contrast and cones for colors. Depending on the species, you know, some have more than others. Walleyes, for example, uh, are primarily low-light or nighttime feeders. They've got more rod cells that they use uh, at those times. Fish can, as a, gender, in, as a species in general, can pick up contrasting objects and movement very well. You know, say a lightly colored lure moving through the water against a, a dark background of water, um, you know, the sky or, or darker water there. Um, you know, since they have their eyes on either side of their head, the thing they can't do is judge depth and distance very well. Um, where our we've got our eyes in the front, so it's much easier for us to tell both of those. The one fish, or the one advantage that fish do have over people is that they've got Excellent peripheral vision, <laughs> kind of makes sense, um, meaning they can see objects beside and even slightly behind them. Um, you know, if you've ever spooked a fish, you know that their peripheral vision is is very very good. Uh, that's why it's important, you know, when you go trout fishing to move slowly and stay low as you approach the stream. <coughs> and before talking more about you know, specific fish, I'd like to take a moment to discuss light and how that affects color as well. When light hits the water, it's this is just like general science here from back in the school days here. You know, when light hits the water, its energy is absorbed as it penetrates into the depths and ultimately fades to black. Red is the first color to fade out, followed by the rest of the spectrum: orange, yellow, green, blue, uh, indigos, and violets. Um, the old Roy G. Biv there, remember that? Uh, red is gone by about twenty feet. Orange down to about forty, followed by yellow, and so forth there. Green and blue remain visible as far as the light penetrates the water. Of course, there are, are there are other factors that play a, a part in color absorption, clarity, and the actual amount of light, for example, uh, which is why as we get into ice fishing season, this can be important. Um, certainly, light will penetrate more on sunny days than cloudy ones. Um, so in low-light conditions, you know, white or silver is more visible to a fish than blue or green, which might tend to fade into the background of the water. You know, as the light fades, as the day ends, uh, fish can't really see colors. It's all sort of shades of black, white, or gray. And selecting a black lure or other dark-colored lure, like a purple or something along those lines, 
can uh, you know fish can still see the the outline of the lure from underneath you know as it contrasts with the surface you know even during the day if you've got a dark light lure you know dark belly light top however you want to do it um <clears throat> rather than have the dark on the top run it down to the you know to highlight the contrast of the surface for the fish below, you know, flip it around a little bit, um, make it a little easier for the fish to see it. Now that we've got the science part out of the way there, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how it affects fish this time of year uh, as we work our way out of late fall and start to get winter. And certainly winter's most popular fish, is going to be the walleye, and I've already, you know, I, I talked a moment ago about, you know, how they're mostly a low or no light fish, uh, but what do they see? <clears throat> and according to a study done at the University of Minnesota, uh, walleyes can see a broad spectrum of colors, uh, but are partial to reds, oranges, and greens. Um, the color blue, as well as violet, probably look darker and less bright to them, although they can still see them. Um, so this color preference might explain how colors like you know, fire tiger, chartreuse are good choices to start out with, maybe orange. Excuse me here. Uh, the color combinations are good for searching out where the walleyes are located. They can fool the fish into thinking that it might be a you know, small perch, plus the colors hold up well down in the depths uh, the deeper you run it. Um, Slightly different choice would be you know, pink, black, white, blues, and purples for fish that aren't that active. I know purple is a, a good color here. It just it, It's dark, and I really think it's not so much the color purple. Um, it's, it's more the fact that as you get it down into the water, it's just a darker color. You know, just the, the contrast is just, you know, against the, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, against the, the, the sky or the surface, you know, the fish look up because as a majority, you know, the fish are feeding from the bottom up. So they're, they're going to come at it from the below and probably a little bit behind. Um, so that just makes for a good color contrast. Um, you know, and speaking of contrast, you know, that's something else to think about as well. You know, maybe like a, a silver or gold. Either one mixed with a black provides a, a bright color plus that dark contrast that uh, that makes those lures stand out. And think think brighter colors, you know, if the water is stained as well. You know, uh, and certainly what I've said for walleye anyway holds true for for sauger as well. Um, <coughs> now, the next fish on the the predator list, and I'm pretty close to the top here, uh, is the uh, the muskie. Muskies, like walleyes, can see color and have pretty much the same color vision on the red to green part of the spectrum. Uh, muskies lack the cone cells that will pick up blue to the, the blue to violet part of the, uh, the spectrum. Um, studies have shown that those colors are mostly shades of gray to them. So anything from you know red, orange, yellow, and green, uh, and all the shades in between would would be part of the lures that that you tend to see for uh, uh, walleyes, you know, what you should be using anyway. But, uh, you know, you look at at walleye lures, or I'm sorry, musky lures, you know, and you see a lot of those colors, the greens, the reds, the oranges. uh, You know, you don't see, you see maybe some darker greens uh, and some black once in a, you know, a bit. But, um, you know, I think you use the black and the blues and things for just that contrast. Uh, but otherwise, a lot of that stuff is is on the the brighter color part of the spectrum, if you will. Uh, one last point about muskies, too. Uh, you know, unlike most other fish, muskies have a range of vision that allows for stereoscopic vision, which is what we've got. Uh, they also have excellent peripheral vision, more so than us as well. So they've they got that going for them, which is nice. Uh, but to wind this down, anyway... Uh, with a couple of other species, the color red and, and that end of the spectrum uh, make what bass seem to prefer, um, you know, extending on down into the green part of the spectrum, like 
you know, the other fish I discussed. Trout, as I mentioned earlier, have excellent vision for picking out contrast and movement in and around the water. Uh, the best color is the, the blue range of the spectrum, uh, according to studies anyway. Uh, you know, some species of trout can differentiate between shades of blue. Uh, then comes black, I should say red, black, orange, brown, yellow, and green. So as you can kind of get the idea here that you know, color is, is an important part of the equation when picking out lures for fishing. You know, it's obviously not the only factor to consider. You've got to think of other things as well. You know, fish have other senses that they use. Hearing with their lateral lines, smell, taste, uh, and certainly there are other factors in there as well, such as, you know, whether it's cloudy or sunny, uh, weather front moving through, so forth. Clarity plays a role uh, in determining whether to use a, a bright color in stained or dark water or using contrast to highlight a, a lure uh, for fish looking up from, again, underneath. So something that just, you know, Think about when you're you're heading out. Don't just sort of grab the lure, you know, willy nilly, and just expect it to work. No, put a little, just to put a little thought into it. Anyway, it is eight thirty-seven. I'm going to take a break and be back in just a moment with more of WKTY Outdoors on WKTY ninety-six-seven FM five eighty. Bunch of stuff fish in my wall. <laughs> You're great listeners. What's that, Mr. Bass? You was uh, talking to Puppy Crappie. Says that fall fishing is excellent. And to go to Roscoe's Live Bait and Toma for my fishing accessories and live bait. Roscoe's Live Bait also knows all the good spots. Well, I could just kiss you right on the mouth. Mwah! Moral of the story listen to your stuffed fish and go to Roscoe's Live Bait and Toma. It's where everybody goes for their tackle and bait. It's where everybody goes. WK. KTY Outdoors brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait, your hometown bait shop on Arthur Street in Toma. My name is Nigel Adcock. I'm with Cotton Seed LLC. I'm Jim from SignPro, and Nigel came in and they had ideas that they wanted to get across but didn't know how to do it. I like the fact that those guys took the time to ask me questions, learn about the company, what we did, and from that put together some suggestions, some ideas to embellish and enhance what we had. Going out to trade shows and getting your business out there is an excellent idea, but if you're going to do that, you got to make sure you have a professional image. So what Nigel needed was a variety of displays to fit the variety of shows that they go to. When I go to World Dairy Expo, I see a lot of really fancy-looking booths and, uh, uh, and, and the artwork, and, and to know that this company here in Lacrosse can do that is, is very reassuring to know that... Uh, you know, I've got that to help me out if I want to do something similar. Go to a pro, sign pro, If you cheer for the Packers, Brewers, or Bucks, don't miss the Bill Michaels Show. I don't think P.J. Fleck is, you know, all of a sudden this great coach and is able to put together a really good football team. I just, I, I Minnesota, don't buy them at all. I'm not buying into Minnesota. I just give them credit. From they were in the doldrums. They're enjoying right now an undefeated season, and I'll let them. I'll let them enjoy. It's not going to last. I don't think so either. I think they're going to be get beat by Penn State. Do you think they beat Rutgers this weekend? Yeah, I would like to think so. But, I think they beat Rutgers, but, and but I think again, they beat Maryland at home. But, but again, they have played some chump opponents Absolutely. up to this point, Absolutely. and they're barely winning. Absolutely. So I guess nothing would surprise me with these guys. And again, you mentioned the last few games there in their schedule. It gets even tougher for Minnesota. Yep. I, the Badgers are bringing that axe back to Madison. Talk Wisconsin sports with a big unit. Weekdays from 11 to 2 on WKTY. WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. Brought to you by Tony Ryerson at tryerson.cbrivervalley.com. Get the home or plot of land you've always wanted. And, of course, condition report brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait and Toma. And the hotspot report brought to you by Powerhouse Marine. And 
heard about this. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see this earlier in the week here, but uh, some news from the uh, Wisconsin DNR. And this is a, a good thing because these individuals, I can't use the, the you know, just like, uh, when people do this kind of stuff. Anyway, um, DNR released information this week saying that uh, there were, you know, the, the Vernon County Circuit Court on November 6th ordered two men who led a, a 2018 illegal shining and shooting operation of deer to pay thousands in fines and ban them from hunting, fishing, and trapping for 15 years uh, nationwide. Uh, the two men, Jacob Men of Reedstown and Monty Mab of Ferryville, uh, according to the DNR, are repeat violators and coordinated the operation that recruited a few others at times. Uh, however, it was uh, Men and Mab who were the leaders and responsible for the illegal shooting of 20 deer, including nine bucks. Um, and the quote from uh, Shauna Stringham, one of the DNR wardens in the area here, this is a case of two people who are not hunters by any stretch of the imagination and determined to steal wildlife from the public, uh, wildlife observers, and those who are ethical and law-abiding hunters. Yeah, true, very true. Their actions are not only against the law, they also demonstrated a lack of safety and concern for any person or home or anything that may have been behind the deer. They will, or they were illegally shining and shooting. And uh, the two, let's see here, what did uh, men got uh, twelve thousand two hundred and fifty in fines, in addition to the criminal charges, uh, and fifteen years of uh, revocation uh, of privileges. Uh, Mab received four criminal charges. 9800 bucks in fines and 12 years of revocation from the DNR, again, for hunting, fishing, and trapping. Any of that, any of those activities. Um, three others who were less involved, Jacob Uris of Viola, DJ Bannister of Viola, and Damon Peterson of Lafarge, were each given single charges and $2,500 in fines. Uh, Uris and Peterson were given one-year revocations of privileges, while Bannister was given a two-year revocation. Um, and again... The important thing to point out here, too, is that the bans that these morons uh, are getting is pretty much covers nationwide. Uh, and I guess I didn't, I, until I, I, I didn't realize this, I knew there was the Interstate Wildlife Compact, but I didn't realize that it, it covered, well, at this point, anyway, 48 states and the other two are in the process of joining. So um, what that means is that these idiots... Uh, are unable to legally get licenses to hunt, fish, trap uh, in pretty much the country. Not that that's probably going to matter to them because they were poaching and breaking the law anyway, but um, uh, it's just what I, you know. And, and it doesn't say how the whole thing came about here, but, um, you know, it was. Uh, one of the comments made by the DNR said it was a direct result of concerned citizens calling their local wardens with information. Um, so, you know, fortunately somebody was able to, you know, somebody saw something, said something, and now <coughs> these two uh, idiots, uh, and that's being charitable, um, are now, uh, you know, and actually, you know, I read some of the comments on Facebook, you know, after the story kind of broke the other day here, and 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 I have to agree with them uh, that you know these are individuals that you know lose should maybe lose their privileges for life. It doesn't say how old they are, but I I, I would you know thirties, forties, something like that. I would imagine, but um, you know, just uh, I have no problem with that. You want to, you know, you do something obviously this egregious, um, something you uh, you should consider. So, fifteen years and twelve years, good. Because I would assume if they get caught again, uh, I would. Assume, it doesn't say anything about jail time, and I don't recall off the top of my head anyway here um, if that was the case. But 
certainly, you know, was it 12,000 in fines and 10,000 in fines? You know, good. <laughs> Send a message. The only thing they, they could have done that maybe might have been worthwhile is, you know, put them in jail for a couple of days or, or more. Um, that's just, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. And what they did was stupid, dumb. And again, I'm probably being charitable here, but I have to watch the words. Uh, uh, dumb and a few additional words beyond dumb. Uh, yeah, I just, what a, a senseless waste. Certainly as we, you know, get into deer season, um, you know, you're just taking away resources from folks that, you know, are on the up and up and are ethical and hunt and, you know, fish and do things that, you know, they follow the rules. These morons didn't. And they got busted for it. So good for them. Uh, I hope you enjoy uh, paying off all those fines. And, I, and I'm, and i you know, assuming that if you don't pay the fines, you end up, you do end up in jail. So that's... Uh, that's always a good carrot to dangle out in front of them. So, yeah, it just ticks me off that, that people like this are out there and think they can get away with things like that. And, again, it's fortunate that, again, somebody said something and saw something and the end result was this. So, just, you know, you're not in narking on something, you know, these people are breaking the law. Why, why put up with things like that? You don't, you just don't. Anyway, moving on a a little bit, some other news, a a little bit closer to lacrosse anyway. Uh, On Thursday night, this look, the city council approved an ordinance that will raise parking fees at boat landings in the city. Uh, Lacrosse residents and allow pay $5 for a daily parking pass. Uh, Seasonal passes will increase to 15 bucks. For non-residents, daily passes are seven bucks. Seasonal passes are twenty-two bucks. Um, members of the Lacrosse Park and Rec and Forestry Departments in the new ordinance will help some of the problems uh, the department has, uh, as well as boaters they've been facing with the the landings here. Um, doesn't really. I would assume they're going to go for launch improvements there and make things nicer, easier, better. However, um, but it is the city, so. <coughs> That money could just disappear into a void and never be seen again. But, but no, it's the other thing too is um, you don't have to put a boat launch sticker on your trailer. Uh, they removed that. That was part of the new ordinance. Um, you can sign up for a daily pass right at the boat landing there and get registered for a season pass. All you need to do is register your license plate, uh, according to uh, Leah Burns from the department. Uh, she said that even though you're, if you're not a boat owner, boat owner, you still need to pay for either a daily or seasonal pass if you want to park your car at a boat launching area. So there's uh, there's that as well. So you know if you're going to be spending, if you know you're going to be spending some time down in that area, those areas, spring for the fifteen bucks or the twenty two bucks if you're from out of town. But uh, the new ordinance uh, will take effect in uh, as of January first, twenty twenty. Something else to think about as well. And we'll just wind this uh, little segment down with a story out of it's a ways away, but I I think we can relate to that here on the Mississippi. Uh, Boy catches massive blue catfish in New Mexico is the headline. Um, Nine-year-old New Mexico boy, uh, Alex Flores, um, caught a 42-pound blue catfish uh, while fishing in the Elephant Butte Reservoir. Chris Flores said his son Alex made the big catch himself and beat beat his dad's record of thirty six pounds. So <laughs> kids kids doing well there. Um, the father and son released the fish back into the the reservoir after, of course, taking some photos and videos. Um, and the biggest fish ever caught in the reservoir was seventy eight pounds. So, which if you're nine years old, that's that probably is about as big as the kid maybe. Maybe not quite, but close. So, 
that's cool. When you, I, I love to to read stories like that. It's like nine year old kid. I mean, that kid is going to be hooked on fishing for the rest of his life. That's a story that he can share now for the uh, the rest of his days, which is very very cool. So that's uh, that's pretty neat to see. Uh, you know, so that's very that's very cool. That's why you know I always mention and and will always want to promote. You know, getting kids activities outdoors, uh, whether it's hunting, fishing, any of those uh, outdoor recreational opportunities. You know, it's it's things like that. It's like that is so cool. So, that kid's very very. I I bet he had fun when he went to school the next day. <laughs> so, anyhow, it is uh, coming up on eight fifty two. Going to take a break and come back in a moment with more of WKTY Outdoors on WKTY ninety six seven FM five eighty AM. Holidays at a hardware store? Of course! Don't miss Ladies' Night Out tomorrow at Ace of Lacrosse. Start your holiday shopping and get a little something for yourself, too. Join Ace as they roll out the new holiday decor and a fun day of in-store demos, samples, special sales, and goodies to taste. How does 30% off clothes sound or 20% off regular priced items? Bring your friends to the annual Ladies' Night Out at Ace of Lacrosse tomorrow from 3 to 6. Ace of Lacrosse on Mormon Cooley Road. WKTY Outdoors brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait, your hometown bait shop on Arthur Street in Toma. Save big money on a new water softener and get 11% off everything from Menards. Morton Water Softeners eliminate hard water. Pick up a 27,000 grain unit for just $328.41 after 11% off. Or get the 27,000 grain unit that includes a self-cleaning filter for only $461.91 after 11% off. Sale prices are good through Saturday, November 16th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Feeling a bit itchy? Feeling like you look at the magical internet with a notion that you could do something really, really cool for businesses, but you don't know how to actually meet those businesses? You woke up this morning saying, man, I get this. I know how all this works. I can insta-face Google Snap like there's no tomorrow. You woke up thinking, businesses are leaving money on the table. I just gotta get in front of businesses. Well, wait till you see what's behind this door. At Midwest Family Lacrosse, we know all the businesses, and they're saying, I'm loving what's coming out of the speakers, now how do I get this puppy online? That's where you come in. At Midwest Family Lacrosse, we're looking for people like you, with an itch. An itch to help. A desire to learn new things, the know-how to put it all together. Email Teresa at TeresaT at MWFBroadcasting.com, and let's get to know each other. Midwest Family Lacrosse is an equal opportunity employer. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you for joining me this morning on the show. WKTY Outdoors is brought to you by Tony Ryerson at tryerson.cbrivervalley.com. Get the home or plot of land you've always wanted. And uh, as uh, we wind the show down here, some uh, couple of things here. Uh, if you're a, a fan of trout fishing, and uh, a lot of you are, I uh, just want to remind you that the uh, monthly meeting of Cooley Region Trout Unlimited is going to be happening this coming Wednesday. Uh, the 20th, uh, at Westview Inn in West Salem. Uh, Molly Offworth and Jeff Boyne from the National Weather Service in La Crosse are going to be talking about precipitation and flooding trends in the area and the warming atmosphere, among other things. And I suspect they'll be talking a little bit about the, the fish. Uh, the social hour starts at 6 o'clock, and the uh, program gets underway around 7.15 or so. So I've got that uh, for you as well as... And that's Wednesday at Westview Inn uh, in West Salem. So check 
that out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, in cooperation with local businesses, uh, the DNR staff is planning to collect uh, deer heads for chronic wasting disease detection in La Crosse County uh, during the uh, 2019 archery crossbow and gun seasons. Um, hunters, uh, the DNR say, uh, who harvest an adult deer within La Crosse County are strongly encouraged to consider submitting a sample for testing uh, at one of the sampling locations around the county. I'll mention them in a moment here. Uh, CWD testing is free of charge to the hunter, and anyone submitting a, t- a sample uh, should receive test results typically 10 to 14 days after the deer is brought into the sampling station. Um, and again, uh, there are a few different places that you can uh, drop these off. Uh, let's see here. DNR staff will be available for in-person sampling opportunities during the open weekend of gun deer season, uh, the 23rd and 24th next Saturday and Sunday at the uh, following locations in La Crosse County. Uh, The Nishonic Sports Shop uh, from 3 to 8 p.m. right on Highway 16 there in West Salem. Uh, They'll be back there from noon until 7 on Sunday as well. Uh, And if it's a little more convenient for you up on the ridge there, uh, it's going to be, uh, there also will be, uh, staff there as well at St. Joe's Country Market from uh, 10 until 5, and that's uh, right on Highway 33 uh, in St. Joseph's Ridge there. Uh, so if you get a chance, uh, stop that, drop that off. Uh, a sample consists of a deer head with 3 to 5 inches of neck attached. Hunters will also need to have their, obviously, their harvest authorization number, uh, harvest location, and contact information when submitting a sample. Um, Make special arrangements for large bucks. Please can you know, reach out to the DNR uh, other ways. Uh, one other thing as well, uh, hunters are encouraged to dispose of deer carcasses, uh, deer carcass waste in a licensed landfill that accepts this waste uh, or in a dumpster designated for deer carcass waste. Uh, if a municipality does allow uh, for deer, sp- deer disposal curbside or at a transfer station, uh, the car- carcass should be double bagged. If these options are not available and the deer was harvested on private land, uh, burying the deer carcass waste or returning it to the location of the harvest are the next best options. So, but yeah, it's that's going to that's going to be happening next weekend. So, you see a lot of. I, I guarantee you, if you drive around the countryside next week, you will see blaze orange clothes hanging up outside, drying out, getting fresh air, getting the scent off and everything. And, you know, for the next several weeks anyway, Blaze Orange will not just be a, uh, it it will be a fashion statement here in Wisconsin. (laughs) We're trendsetters. Blaze Orange is a, is a fashion statement, but Hey, that's, that's cool. So certainly want to wish the best to all uh, the folks that are going to be headed out deer hunting. I know plenty of them and, and, they're they're getting stoked and ready to go and so good luck to them have a a, a safe hunt and make the best of it looks like uh at least anyway at this point might be uh might be okay a little warm anyway but don't know how much snow will be on the ground there's a chance thursday that might be a little snow but maybe a little snow on the ground wouldn't be too bad anyway Anyway, i got to wrap the show up for this Saturday. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next Saturday with another edition of WKTY Outdoors. Your station for sports. Get up! Get out of here! Go! WKTY Lacrosse, 96.7 FM.